morning um, or today, things were being recorded right now. Uh, we continue in the second part of our topic, um, moving beyond and above. Moving beyond and above. <clears throat> and like uh, when I started, uh, I quoted First uh, John 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have had, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The key thing about that scripture for me is this. This is not just me uh, bringing in a lot of theories. Uh, personally, I, I kind of feel uncomfortable with pastors that just quote, quote, quote scriptures and have nothing to back it up, right? Uh, and I think I've shared this with you before. Somebody once said in my hearing, and I'm glad it's not about me, about a mutual friend of us and said, if he knows that much and that is what his life is like, I don't want to know what he knows, right? And for me, that became, that became something for me to sit with. And it became a challenge for me. And I keep saying, just like the Bible says, our life and living epistles read by all men, Lord. And so if I am going to be able to lead as you want me to lead, then my life has to speak my faith. I remember saying to one of our guest speakers um, um, a couple of years ago, we we're talking about finances in the church. And I remember saying to him that if a pastor, if I as a pastor cannot teach you how to increase or how to make money, uh, then honestly, I don't think I have the moral standing to want to take your offering. And I still believe that. Again, and um, you wonder how I can talk like that. So I'll give you some brief statistics before we start. <clears throat> um, and you can find this information. It's very easy to find. 16 out of 38 of Jesus' parables deals with money and possessions. Nearly 25% of Jesus' word in the New Testament deals with biblical stewardship. One out of 10 verses in the gospel deals with money. And there are more than 2,000 scriptures on titan in the Bible. On titan, on money, and possession in the Bible, which is twice as much as the scriptures on faith and prayer combined. One of my favorite scripture, and uh, maybe you want to go there with me. Now, this is my own interpretation, um, and I'm not being theological about it, but I'm sharing my faith, I'm sharing my belief with you, uh, wherever you are listening, or you're going to be listening. It's in the book of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And if you're reading from verse 77, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercies of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadows of death, to guide our feet into the path of truth. Okay, then go back up with me to verse 69. He has raised up for us a horn of salvation in the house of his servant David as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from who? From our enemies. 
Now, when you hear the word enemy, sometimes because of our uh, native wired DNA mentality, a lot of us always think enemies has to do with people. Yes, people most of the time are enemies. But I also like the way the Bible puts it in Ephesians. Is this certain Corinthians of Ephesians? It says, therefore, our, uh, the weapons of our welfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strong books, to the casting of every imagination that is the stronghold. So anything that is standing between you and your purpose, anything that is standing between you and your determination is a stronghold. Anything, and a lot of times you will agree with me that what is really hindering us is money. You know, uh, like people say, money is the vehicle of the gospel, right? I need, I, I want to, I, I need money to do certain things. Uh, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a practical example. After my first degree, I saw some of my friends got very good jobs. And then you're wondering, then again, um, after grad school, I also saw a lot of my friends get some job and you're wondering how could they? And uh, I, I had a friend who, who showed me, uh, and I, I don't think he did it intentionally, but he gave me a window into how things really work. It's not enough for you to have a first degree. It's not even enough for you to have a PhD. It's not. Just so you know, having a PhD, you have already priced yourself out of a very saturated market. But then, what do you need to really get into that position? My friend, finishing a degree in mathematics, was also alongside sitting for his ICANN and became a certified uh, um, uh, accountant. I had another one that was doing the same thing and was doing his uh, Microsoft certified professional at MCSC. That one MCSC was huge. So while they were all, when we were all going around carrying a BSc certificate looking for job, people were not seeing the BSc certificate on these people's uh, resume. They were looking at their MCSC. They are looking at their A plus, their Cisco, their ICANN, and all those professional examinations. And I remember when a friend of mine was recent, uh, a couple of years ago, we were finishing from the seminary, and uh, he just told me, this is what I'm doing, and I was like, I don't want to do that. And he said, you know something, if you don't do it, then you won't be able to work for somebody, because if you do it, he actually told me what the entry level is, a managerial certification. And so I said to him, how much is it? And he said, uh, about uh, 2,700 or so. And believe me, I didn't have $270. I have no way of getting $270 over the next three months. I remember coming to my wife and saying, see how people make, people get headway in life. Amen? So money. I remember a very close friend of mine who got admission to medical school but could not go because his family could not afford to pay. I mean, I went to school at a time when year one was just $105, 105 Naira. Year two was 95 Naira. Amen? And yet, it, it sounds ridiculous now, but that is the truth. So you find out that that is a strong goal for them. 
And sometimes the biggest stronghold to the poor person is not even the fact that they don't have money. But whether you like it or not, some of the biggest stronghold for a poor man is pride. You know, um, why should I go to Baki and say, can you please uh, loan me? You know, why should I go to this person? Why should I go and beg that person? Listen, if you don't say what is your problem, nobody knows what is your problem. If you don't talk out, in fact, you have to also know that some of the richest people are people who make a living by speaking. If you don't talk, nobody knows what you want. And without pride, you see, if, if, you, if you don't ask for help, what you are just saying is that you are full of yourself. I can do it mentality is a mentality that says, I am so self-sufficient, I don't need you. And because you are so self-sufficient, you don't need me, you don't need her, you don't need him, you don't need them, you will continue to rigmarole, run the same place where you have always been. And I want to remember, like somebody said, if you've always done what you've always done, you will always be where you've always been. You see, that is part of the stronghold. Another mentality that keeps people down is because we have this concept, well, if my father was rich, you know, if my father had left me an inheritance, well, if I had a senior brother, listen, I don't have a senior brother, I'm a firstborn. I don't know about you, but I don't have a senior brother. I've never really had somebody I would run to. But then you look at it and you say to yourself, well, not everybody has a senior brother. They are surviving. They are living. If they can do it, I can do it. Remember when uh, the spies went into, in Numbers, when the spies went into Jericho for the first time. Don't worry about it. They went to Jericho for the first time. And uh, they came back and they were to give Joshua a report. And what did they say to Joshua? Ten of them said to Joshua, you know what? The land is beautiful. It's amazing out there. But then we saw giants. And in our own sides, we were like grasshoppers. Grasshoppers eat grass. Grasshoppers are scavengers. How can you describe yourself as a scavenger? But thank God for Joshua and um, the other guy who had a different spirit. And God was so proud of them because yes, there are giants in the land, but the Bible said, but God was with them. So why would they even think of that? God is with you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. The scripture says you can do everything through Christ who strengthens you. The Bible says you will speak a thing at it as that is not and it will come to pass. The Bible says the power of life and death is in your mouth. The psalmist says, you are all gods. You are sons of the most high gods. But like as I said, but you will die like mere men. Why? Because we lack no wisdom. We have no understanding of the power of God that we have. David wasn't always a very rich person. But you know that by marriage, when he married Abigail, the wife of Laban, who was a rich man, he became a rich man. I'm sure you didn't say that. Go look at the Bible. But God knows that he needed that money to be able to finance the wars he was going to fight. 
It's not, it's not enough to have knowledge. What we do with the knowledge that we have is the wisdom. The Bible says there is a, there, in fact, one of the, one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible uh, was a parable, I think it's in Ecclesiastes, of a poor wise man. It says, and the king came and besieged the city, and in that city was a poor, was a poor man, but who was wise. And the wise man was the one that led the, the, the city, the, that city out you know, to victory. But then he said he was poor. Nobody remembered him anymore. Stronghold. Your wisdom will be celebrated in the name of Jesus. Your accomplishment will not go unnoticed in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So the, uh, this, this segment of moving and beyond is called learn or relearn. It's time to learn new things about you. I, I'm, I'm so excited that this week we are having the multiple of streams of income, looking at the ethics, looking at ways, looking at what the Bible has said about, about this same topic. And that is an opportunity for us to learn. I love it. Someone said, if you stop learning, <laughs> then you are no more. You're going to a station. Somebody says, don't become an expert on the subject. He says, because once you become an, an expert on the subject, you become stagnated. Because you're always going to be saying in the past, in the past. You need to stop, keep, keep developing, keep increasing, keep going forward. Amen? And so what am I trying to say this morning? Let's look at Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 to 14. Don't put it up. Uh, a son honors his father. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 to 14. A son honors his father, and a slave is master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a, uh, if I am a master, where is the honor due me, says the Lord Almighty. It is your priest who shows content for my name, but you ask. How have you shown content for your name? By offering defied food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defied you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifices, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice a lame or diseased animal, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Now plead with God to be gracious to us. With such offering from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Oh, that one of you, look at verse 10. Oh, that one of you will shut the temple doors so that you will not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hand. My name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying the Lord's table is contemptible and its food is contemptible, is defiled. And you say, what a body. And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, or deceased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord. Cause is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then gives but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, 
says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. <clears throat> when we first had our ministry in Scarborough, it was a very tough time. In fact, the, the, the monthly rent for that, uh, I've always struggled with rent, but thank God that is a different thing, right? Um, the monthly rent for our uh, church was more than our mortgage. In fact, it was almost it was more than even our, our monthly family bills are right. And we we were blessed with a couple of people who decided every month to to support us. It was amazing, you know. Ministry Isaiah said, "How can they preach except they have been sent?" What is meaning is that they can't go there except somebody is financing them. And so um, we had somebody who was who sent us actually in what as far as I was concerned, that was our biggest donation every month. That took care of like three quarters of the two third uh, of the bills, which is amazing. And uh, in one of the conversations we were having, I do not said uh, we're talking, and I got to realize that what we're getting was supposed to be is not an is not a contribution; it's actually a tithe. And I was shocked, and I'm like, um, "Are you sure that is your tithe?" Now, I don't know how much the person made, but I knew that was not the type. And uh, the donor said, well, what is happening is that I split my offering. I sent some to Nigeria. I give you some. I sent some to this. I sent some to that. And I said, oh, you're doing it wrong. I said, you're doing it wrong. And it's like, no, that is the way. No, 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 no. You're doing it wrong. I said, look, if it's your type, you're not supposed to break it up. Once you're breaking up your type like that, You've turned your tithe into gifts and offerings. Remember, this is this is to third of our monthly church rent. And I said, I need you to understand. I'm not, and I always say that I'm not asking you to give to me. I'm not asking you to give to Covenant Life Assembly. If you do. We will appreciate you. We will bless you. We will continue to pray. Even if you don't, we'll continue to pray for you. I said, but I want you to understand the blessings that comes with tithing. So my counsel to you is this. Put your tithe together and choose where you feel the Lord is blessing you. If it's your local church, then please give it to your local church. You don't have to bring it here. Oh, but Pastor, you understand. I want to, yeah, if you want to support us, if it's $200, if it's $100, I don't mind. Whatever you have left. My wife looked at me like, are you crazy? <laughs> but the truth, I'm not going to say because I need your money. I'm going to deny you of the blessings because the word of God is, was very clear. Bring ye the tithe into the storehouse, the old tithe into the storehouse. It is the fragmentizing. It is the bring the fractions. And the old, the next month, we didn't get the the tutor. The tutor left our ministry. But honestly, I felt so much relieved. I felt relieved. Yes, it was it was a very trying. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we could, we actually had to shut that because we we couldn't find another source for a while. 
But I, I would rather do that because, and, I, and I've watched this donor actually move on to greater heights. You'll be amazed. A donor has gone on to greater heights. And after, I mean, in one instance, gave us a big offering, which was amazing. That is the way it's supposed to be. I am not excited with people who come to church and just give a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars offer. I don't get moved by money. No, I don't. The key thing is this. If you bring a dollar into the church and you are doing it right, the blessing comes to you. And by extension, the Bible says, either give it food, seed to the sower and bread to the eater will bless you. So you are the sower, we are taken as eaters in this case, and so God will bless you. It's not, it's not about me. It's not. My friend looked at it, and I'm, I'm sure my friend thought I was stupid. How can you throw that money away? But believe me, I'm happier for it. I've, I've prayed with people who have come back and have asked continuously, uh, should I be giving you this type? Um, I'm like, no, you go to a church. Go back to your church and bless your church. Go back to your church and bless your church. If you come back and say, oh, pastor, you're this, this, this is okay. I, the testimony for me is great. It doesn't matter where you are, Baptist, Agrican, Methodist, uh, GKN, CLA, CLS, whatever you are. The key thing is this. We are all doing the same thing. We are all leading you in my belief towards the price of the eye calling that is in Christ. And that is the important thing for me. Can we continue to lead each other towards the price of the eye calling in Christ? And if we can do that, and you have to also remember that the abundance of a man's wealth does not consist of what he has. Doesn't consist of it. How much is my life worth? How much is it? That's the way I want to think. But then I hear people would call, and it's unfortunate that we have all this prosperity gospel that just misses it. It's so annoying because they focus on just one part of the scripture, right? They focus on one part of. Now let, let's let's look at what Jesus himself said about about tithing, about offering. In this case, uh, go with the book of Matthew twenty-five. Jesus is teaching us something here about, about, about let's just call it about wealth. Matthew 25, 14 to 28. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called a servant and entrusted, underline that word, entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, he gave two. To another, he gave one. Now, in your Bible, did you see that? Each according to his ability. To every man according to his several ability. God is not prodigal with his substance. Ah. God is not wasteful with his resources. Yes, the cattle on the thousand field are his. And yet we're still poor. 
Yes, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the word and babe that liveth in it. And yet, the average Christian is going every month paycheck to paycheck, at least in Canada. Why? Because we miss out. Jesus is clear in that, in that scripture. According to your ability, I personally believe that as you make, as you prove your stewardship of the resources that the Lord gives you, it increases what it gives you. I've had so many people say to me, uh, I'm poor because my salary does not make it. Wow. I said, no, you are poor because you are not thinking. And I, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but that's the truth. We have all had that when you get your money, you should pay yourself first. But how many of us really practice paying yourself first? We have all been told, at least I was told a long time ago, my father sat me down and said, listen, every time you get money, make sure you save at least 10% of it. How many of us really save 10%? According to Judge Clarkson, in the, the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, it was very clear. Pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. Set aside for yourself. Then he said, if you set them, if I'm right, if, I, if I'm not, I, it's been a lot of that book, but I remember very well, set aside 10% for yourself, set aside 10% to give to a course outside of you. And he said, make sure you learn the secret of learning below your income. Sorry, spending below your income. Thank you. So if you make hundred dollars and you spend a hundred and twenty you're in trouble you're in trouble and you need to you need to change that mentality you need to change that mentality you can't always spend more than is it go online and look for a spreadsheet there are so many spreadsheets online Put your income, deduct everything. But before you deduct everything, just take 10% out and say, I don't know what I'm going to do with this 10%. Then pay everything and look at how much that remains. I was teaching some, I've been teaching people recently about the benefit of having a, a, a budget. The whole idea of a budget is not to control you. It's just to show you how your expenditure is going. To see where there's the waste, where you can, what you can do without and all of that. You can see, you see where your thing is going. You, your graphic, what your brain can see, your brain can understand. According to your ability. It's time for us to unlearn a lot of the things we have learned. And I'm sure you all know that very well because the the man that God gave one talent to was the wisest of them all. Wow, the guy was so wise. What did he do? You know, he got the money and he buried it. And I love what the master said to him. <laughs> His master replied, 
in verse 27. Well then, you should have put my money on deposits with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have ended, I would have received it back with interest. That's why people make you do GIC and RRSP. Honestly, I can't stand those two things personally, but it's good for starters. Because at least you can start putting $50-$50 down every month or $100 down every month from your paycheck. What you get, even though they, you're going to get marginal return, but at least in 10 years, you will not get, you know, you will not get that same amount. You get some fraction on it. The demand is not even asking for a lot. At least if I give you one, I would have gotten back 1.001. I used to have a pastor friend who does not understand the whole concept of tithes of tithes. My friend pastored in a church where, wow, you know, a lot was happening. People were very generous to him and he just continued to spend. You know, pastor salary is always very small, but he kept spending everything. And he, I mean, and God was just blessing him in that church. And, when, and I looked at him and I'm like, why are you so poor? You look so poor. And he's like, Oh, then we started looking at it. We did a financial analysis and then, and the guy was like, yeah. And I said, listen, you keep swinging prayer into people's life, people continue to give you prayer. I said, when was the last time you as a pastor even gave a member of your congregation? You gave, you sowed a seed in the life of a member of your congregation. It doesn't have to be money. Oh, but you don't understand. As a pastor, they're supposed to give to me. Oh, so we talk about Titan, and my friend does not type, doesn't believe in it. I just no, no, no. If you don't believe in Titan, you have no right taking somebody's estate. And so we, we experimented just to prove my point to him. And I tell you, within three months, within three months, I watch him from always asking to beginning to give. According to, look, Bible says to each of us is given a measure of grace. We have grace. What do we do with the grace? We always pray, Father, I want more grace, more grace, more grace. God is not listening to that kind of a prayer because God is saying, what have the one I've given you? What have you done with it? You remember the story of Moses? Moses was standing there with his rod and God said, what is that in your hand, Moses? And Moses said, it is my rod. And God said, oh, your rod, throw it down. Until you throw what is in your hand down. Until you throw what you are holding. The Bible says there is a man that we told and yet tends to poverty. And yet there is a man that gives it, is liberal and yet increases. Until Moses threw that rod down. Moses remained the same. And after I trained down and he saw the miracle, the, the next time we saw the rod measured, he said, and the rod of Moses became the rod of God. The widow was deciding, I'm, I'm going to make myself the last meal and we're going to have the Lord's Supper and we shall eat and die. But the man of God says, no, 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 don't, don't, don't worry about that. First go and make food for me. <laughs> and I thank God that the woman listened. Look at the priest who did not provide anything for his family and died. And people, the creditors were coming to take over his family. 
if they're going to take his children, which was legal and they still do it even today, the bank will come and seize your property. And they left, the property looked at her and said, what do you have? And she said, nothing. And she thought again, well, I have a little jar. I have a little oil left in this jar. You see, God can only multiply what he has. He's not a magician. God is not a magician. They said to Jesus, send these people away so that they can go and eat. And Jesus looked at them. We're in the desert. Where are they going to get food to eat? And he said, you provide something for them. And they said, well, there's a little boy here who has five, five loaves and how many fishes. And God said, bring it. But did you notice the first thing he said? Jesus said, he said, make the people sit down. Because when the people sat down, Jesus could now get breathing space. I said, yeah. And the next thing is, Father, I thank you because you always hear me. And you blessed it. And gave it to me. And it multiplied. It multiplied. And that's the same thing I'm trying to show you here this morning. We need to have a change of mindset concerning ourselves. A long time ago, somebody taught me, he said the difference between a poor man and the rich man is the way they think about themselves. The difference between the poor person and the rich person is the way they think about themselves. The poor person always thinks in terms of problem. The rich person always thinks in terms of solution. The poor person always thinks in terms of want. The rich person always thinks in terms of needs. It's, it, it's all in our mind. Wherefore, casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in our life. Deuteronomy 14.22 says, Be sure to set aside a tenth of all, your, a tenth of all that your fields produce. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. Go to the next verse, please. That, is, that the field bringeth forth year by year. Verse 23 says, Eat, and thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which is like he shall choose to put his name there, the tithe of thy corn, of thy wine, and of thy oil, and the firstlings of thy ag, and of thy flock. Look at the last line. That you may learn to fear the Lord your God always that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. That's the reason why we tithe. That's the reason why we tithe. That you, Deuteronomy 14, 23, that you may learn, that you may learn I don't care what the debate about tithing is. 
Titan predates the law. Offerings predate the law. Jesus said to the scribes and Pharisees, you give your tithe, right? So they say yes, but you are neglecting this. You don't do one and neglect the other. We don't cherry pick the scripture. The Bible says all scripture is God inspired. We don't cherry pick. The reason the law was given was to guide us. The whole, law, the whole essence of the law is guidance. We don't cherry pick. The Lord will help us. Yeah. Matthew 23, 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and amis and cummins and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Remember when our sister was ministering during the week, she was talking about how can we use our faiths in our community. And this is what Christ is saying here. We cannot neglect the community outside of our church. And he said, this ought you have done and not leave the order undone. A lot, a lot rides on how we think a lot rides on how we see ourselves. Let me round up by giving you this testimony. When they were going to shut the country, we were in Dubai, and uh, my wife was saying, what, what a lot put it not was that, I think technically we kind of got stranded in Dubai. Because my credit cards, I, when I travel, I always want to use my credit card, not cash. Uh, for some reason, my two credit cards that I traveled with were declined. So we were in trouble. But luckily, my wife had her own card, so we were able to get through. Uh, and it actually cost me more than I wanted to spend, but that was okay. And then she was like, ah, they're going to close the border. Let us change the ticket. And I'm looking at her. You really know how much it's going to cost us to change the ticket? Because I've been reading the news, and I knew it was going to be difficult. I said to her, no, they will not shut the door until we go out. So we came in, truly, and then they shut the door about two days later, which was great, right? And then I'm sitting there, and I'm saying to my wife, I said, listen, church rent is due next month. We're in trouble. I've not worked for almost three weeks. You know, my secretary canceled all my appointments for the rest of the month, not meaning everything. The office was in panic, and it was like scary. What are we going to do? I'm not a fan of online work. A lot of things was going to my mind. And so I started talking to God, and God said, listen, I was with Israel in the wilderness. Their shoe did not wear out. Their dress did not wear out. I fed them when they needed to be fed. I gave them water when they needed to drink. So why do you think I'm going to leave you like that? But this was after I had announced that we were looking for money for rent. So okay, April came. We were able to scale through. <clears throat> And the Lord said, um, do this. And as I continue to pray that prayer, I'm telling you, in one day, I got clients who I actually have to tell them, are you sure you really want to? It's always when I tell my clients, are you sure you really want to pay me this much? 
because in one day I, I made so much and it was so exciting that you could make that much but again i'm looking at myself and i'm wondering what is going on here so at the end of that for some reason the lord left something in my heart and for the first time and i've seen the lord do this to me several times sometimes i have so much expenses that instead of putting them first i put my expensive first right and uh, the lord has always said to me say look you keep doing that and yet you don't balance your book and so this time around uh in april the lord said put your tent aside so i said i'll do something different this time without removing any of my expense right i have to charge you and i have to take hst so i separated the hst completely and i said for every time a client calls me and pays me my fee the four expenses, I am setting aside 10%. And I said, you know what? All the while I've been, you know, just paying the church rent and putting money down. No, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to give you my tithe and then whatever is left will be a loan to the church. And I'm telling you, I think the first week I paid close to $1,000 in, in tithe and I was shocked, like, wow. And ever since then, Every week, I sat down there and I just did 10% before expenses. 10% before expenses. And I'm telling you, this, you know, when people are talking about you've been impacted by COVID and all of that and all of that, have I been impacted? Yes. Honestly, I have been because my clientele is over, it's, I mean, if I used to have 40 sessions a week, now I'm struggling with 10, 20, uh, 10, which is okay. But the 10 I am getting are 10 that are really asking for my top tier services. You know, there are some, I, I, there are some services that the fee is little, the services that the fee is really up there. People are calling for those top tier services and it's just amazing. And every week I go there and I'm wondering, but you know, I'm looking at this, I'm not really having enough, a lot of clients as I normally would have but then I'm still able to meet all my obligations. The reason why we tithe is to put God first. The reason why we tithe is to show God that what I have, like John the Baptist says, no man can have anything except that which has been given to him from above. The reason why we tithe is to show God that we appreciate what you're giving us. Some years ago, very long time ago, I, as a new Christian, uh, I woke up one day very, very broke. And um, I decided I wasn't going to go to church. So I sat in my house and I didn't go to church. At about the time they were saying the grace in the church, the Holy Spirit said to me, why did you go to church today? I said, because I don't have offering. And the Lord laughed. And I said, it's not really funny. He said, are you sure? I said, yes. He said, but you realize that you have denied me an opportunity today. Uh, I was shocked. I said, what do you mean I denied you an opportunity? He said, right now they are praying in the church and the pastor will be praying that 
those who have father bless them those who don't have father visit them he said you have denied me the benefit of that for you today so whatever i would have, the blessings that i would have wanted to give to you today you denied yourself that blessing i said oh then he went on and he said oh by the way if you are going to church today how much offering will you have given me and those were the days where, you know, you're still starting out. So when you give 20 naira offering, you think you, I mean, that was how much I'll probably, I'll probably give 50 naira Muslim at, at tops. And he said, so you think I leave on your 50, 20 naira offering? And he led me to look at how much David put aside to build the temple. And he said to me, I am a great king. And believe me, that was the last time I had that excuse about church. Now, again, the whole concept of this is for us to learn and to relearn. You need to learn that everything you have has come from Him. And you need to relearn how you have been managing your own resources, your time, your money. Even you, you are a resource to yourself. The Bible said, they that have been entrusted with a trust must show themselves trustworthy. This is about us learning the art of stewardship and trustworthiness. We'll continue this message and that will be the next topic, stewardship and trustworthiness. And I, I want to believe that the Lord has spoken to you one way or the other this morning. Uh, I don't know what part of that has come to you. I don't know um, which part uh, is ministering to you, but I just want you to pray and ask that the Lord will use 